0: Again, the doors close at four o'clock Pacific today. You can sign up at kathyhaar.com slash join. I cannot wait to spend 12 weeks with you and watch you become a master at manifesting the most gorgeous experiences and opportunities and abundance into your life.
1: Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash dream job. Start living a better life today. Hey, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I'm so happy because Sid and Shay McGee are here and I love them. They're adorable and lovable and smart and so hardworking and brilliant. So my daughters and I started watching Dream Home Makeover on Netflix, and I just fell in love with them. Sid and Shay McGee are the founders of Studio McGee and McGee & Co. They're also authors, and they're the stars of this Dream Home Makeover show on Netflix. Shay is the original visionary and she's the voice behind the brand. She leads the creative direction for all visuals, marketing and products and her husband Sid is the operational and strategic leader who oversees growth across all the Studio Mickey brands. Together they've become one of the leading disruptors in a billion dollar industry by marrying approachability With beautiful design they even wrote a book together called make life beautiful which is a behind the scenes look into how the couple transformed shay's small room of fabric samples and big dream of becoming a designer into one of the most successful and fastest growing interior design businesses in the country they have such an inspiring story and you'll love them even more if you've watched the netflix show dream home makeover in the series shay and sid they make dreams come true for real families looking to update their home tailored to their own unique style They're so entertaining and charming, and I always want to move into every house that they work on. It was such a joy to sit down and talk with both of them. They're incredibly kind, and I love what they said about how to make a marriage work, especially when you're working with the person you're married to, because it can be challenging, but they really had so much wisdom about it all. All right, so without any further ado, please welcome the delightful Sid and Shay McGee.
0: Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Hi. Hey,
2: thanks
0: for having us. Thanks for having us everybody freaking loves you i posted to my audience that you guys were coming on and was like oh my god ask them this oh my god blah 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 so um what the actual heck has happened here like you were just living a normal life and like posting photos of your like cute kitchen and then here you are taking over the world so can we hear the story of how the heck this happened how the heck did this happen oh my gosh <laughs>
3: I, I mean <laughs> good questions we'll and ourselves we, that. we
4: ourselves that a lot i think now i can honestly say we've surrounded ourselves with really good people which is how we're able to continue to grow from here because we don't know what we're doing <laughs> but when i first started you know i i'm a self-taught designer i was very nervous about even calling myself a designer right. um and When I started posting pictures of my house and just dabbling in design, I think for me, I had to like wade slowly into it. I was not confident enough to just be like, here I am. Here's my business card. Here you go. Like, I'm going to tell everyone I know. I had to kind of get some confidence, just like one step at a time. And then I wasn't interested in money. (laughs) It wasn't like a thing for me to make money. It was like, I just had this passion and That's, I think, a huge part of the success in the early days was just taking any and all projects I could possibly take on just for the experience. And every project got a little bit bigger. So it might have started with some bookshelves. And then the next project was picking out furniture. And then the next project was picking out furniture for one room, two rooms, then a whole house. And I think even though we've had a, you know, rapid rise in the last few years, especially with, I think the show this last year, this has been a, you know, eight, 10 year journey from the point where I decided to completely switch careers.
0: It's awesome to hear it from that sort of bird's eye. And then like the step-by-step perspective, because I think people just assume when they see someone who's glowing and walking in their purpose, that It was just this immediate thing. And to hear you say like, I wasn't even comfortable calling myself a designer at first and it started with bookshelves and it was something else that's so grounding and really generous of you to just like pull back the curtain and be like, this is what it was like. So Sid, what was it like for you watching your wife go from like this girl you fell in love with to powerhouse role dynamics changing? What was that like
3: for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think with the relationship- we've always had, like, I've always known, like, Shay was uh, pretty special. And I was always attracted to to just not her looks, but also her brains as well. Um, she was always smart and really driven. And it was fun to see her get excited and passionate about this field and want to pursue it. And so I told her, like, hey, you should go for it and go to community college, you know, make that big step. But, <laughs> but go and just check it out and see if you want to do that, you know. And I think she went for it and was doing really well. And, and and that was exciting. I mean, I still am to this day, I watch her with, you know, designs and do product designs and other things. And I'm like, that's freaking amazing. Like, that's so cool. Like that you're doing that. Um, and so I'm still impressed by it. And I think I was like, let's go for it when um, we decided to team up and make more of a business out of it. And sometimes I don't think I know enough to be scared enough of something. So I'm like, let's go. I mean, like, why not?
4: It would not be designing if it wasn't for Sid's just complete lack of fear. He has no fear when it comes to like anything like snowboarding, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just anything. And so you just go for it. You hear him say that that was what he kept telling me as well. And I think that that's been his attitude in so many aspects of our business. And, Go for it, but with, with a little bit of caution, I guess, but, um, I'm probably the
0: caution that accompanies that. That's a really good balance. And when things are what they are, they're so obvious and so that's really obvious when you watch the dynamic between you and you look at the way he's so funny and playful. And like, he brings that sort of unbridled, no fear. He could probably sit down with Warren Buffett and just be like, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, totally. it's like, yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> <NBD>. <laughs> and you're much more like, you're creative, you're sensitive, you take things more seriously. And so I can see where that's like a really good marriage of a lot of things, including a marriage. So what was that moment? Well, first you were just posting your own life, right? And then you said it was like one little job at a time. What was that inner shift when you're like, I'm going to literally start telling people that I'm available to do this. Like what allowed you to do that? Because so many of my audience members have this thing that everyone seems to be more contagious with than COVID, which is imposter syndrome. And they're just like, who am I to ever do this? And you did mention that you felt that way for a second, but then you didn't. Yeah, I think that
4: confidence is built one step at a time, like I mentioned. And I think that it also happened with making mistakes. And I think that I have learned so much by making mistakes and then also not letting those mistakes hinder my forward movement, but just taking those lessons and be like, okay, well, I'm never going to make that mistake when dealing with a contractor again, or, and just filing every experience away. I think that I hate to say it because I think outside recognition helped me feel more confident and I built my business through Instagram. And I think that our audience has learned how to design along with me. I mean, I started with our house and then with clients and you know, I was showing the process along the way. And I think that them cheering, oh, that looks great. I even if it was not real, <laughs> I took heart from that. That was encouraging to me. And now now I have to do the opposite, like don't look too much into what people yeah. are saying. <laughs> Uh, but I think in those early days, just taking little nuggets here and there really boosted my confidence and also having clients happy. I think that that was a huge thing, but it, honestly, I still struggle with that today. So when people say things like, wow, your whole life has changed. I'm like, I'm the same person. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think that yes, the outside boost, but also just like giving yourself some space to like build the confidence and that's the only thing that you can do that with is like time and time equals mistakes and learning from those mistakes.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that you're kind of alluding to now which is also I think part of what built your Instagram is there's just a uh, authenticity that's actual authenticity. I think it's so obvious and I wanted to ask you about that because your Instagram was at the sort of heart of the engine that grew this and to show up on Instagram and to create that kind of engagement, forget the vanity metrics of how many followers I'm talking about the depth of the engagement, the quality of the followers and how there was like a community building there. What do you both think you've learned about the glue that makes an audience feel like you said, not like, look at me have the answers, but come with me as I'm figuring this out with you, what do you think helps people to create that kind of depth with their audience? Giving. I
4: think that early on Sid was, he used the phrase, give, give, give. And I think that you have to think about giving of yourself and your knowledge and your time and the things that you're learning and the things that you have learned. Because ultimately Eventually that will come full circle and perhaps there will be a product that you really want to sell later, but we didn't start there. And I think that it was just giving, oh, I learned this. I put this paint color on the wall. It's really great. It looks great in every room. Here you go. Or, oh, I got this like plant. I'm loving these types of plants lately. And this is how I'm using them in the home. Those types of things. I've just given everything that I possibly can and that, I think, has built trust and it's built a community.
3: And I think I at the that. time when we entered in like to the interior design world, it was like very much more of like holding things like close to, you to the chest of like, where is that from? Or like, who did you work with on that or where are the sources for those? Because that was like your value previously right. was I know all these like secrets and I know where to make them and what to do. So you have to come to me to get that. I, you got to pay me the big bucks to get it. And so even in talking with Shay, like early days, I was like, hey, you know, like engage and answer and tell people where we get the stuff from and answer questions and like bring them along. And she was like, I know, but no one does that. That's really like very contradictory to like what the status quo is in the industry. You're supposed to keep your sources tight.
4: And people are still yeah. mad that we did that or do that. Yes, we've changed the industry and we've lifted the curtain on a lot, but people are still so mad, you know, and I, I think it's also hard because, you know, we have paying clients and so you don't want to give everything away, but you can give some away. If you have confidence enough in yourself as a designer, you have some magic sauce that can't be replicated even by sharing where you've got a table.
3: And the reality I mean, is there's a lot of people that are like, I'm going to try to do it by myself. And there's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to do it by myself or I can't. I just want you to come do it for me because that sounds way more fun. You know? Yeah,
0: the number one thing that I've learned in the last few years about people getting things done is that we are 95% more likely to do it if we're kept accountable, right? So all yeah. the information in the world means nothing if there's no implementation of the information. And I know for me that designing a home or organizing a closet or anything like that is so emotionally charged. There's no way I would do it if I didn't hire a designer. (laughs) Not to mention, you could tell me where every table is from, but I don't have the confidence in my eye to know which table to pick with which tile. So I love that you are actually sharing that that was not something that was done and you went ahead and did it because the internet is filled with all the information. It shouldn't be that that that's the secret. It's they're buying you, they're buying time with you. They're hiring a designer. They want the handholding. They want the psychological and emotional support of this person plus this person's taste. So that's where you sort of like went way beyond. It's not really the table at all it's this whole journey we take, right? Yes. What was it like for you, Sid, when you went full-time with her? Like, what were you doing for work before then? And how did you just like, a lot of men have, I don't even know if it's a bad thing. Like they have egos, which is kind of actually what makes us find men sexy at the same time. And you were willing yes. to still like be a guy, have an ego and like Check yourself at the door in a, in a big way. How did you there do that? Some
4: time to get there. That ego bad. stayed around, but oh, that's good. Was, that's I healthy. On.
0: Not that bad. Not that
3: <laughs> what bad. What were you doing
0: on your own before oh. this whole thing? What were you doing? So I
3: was working with uh, my brother who had started an online affiliate marketing like agency, and so it was all like. Digitally-based, lead generation stuff. I was working with them, the first one. And um, we built the company over a couple of years to be like 25 people, doing like $30, $35 million in revenue. Oh, that's all, just whatever,
0: normal day. Yeah,
3: so we were like, oh, this is cool, it's growing. But man, like working closely with family, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we were like, and the internet was never off, right? So we were always- Mm Checking campaigns, always running things, and especially as we were growing so quickly, it just demanded so much, I and mean, it created like a really stressful environment. And then to be doing that with like family, that blurred lines as well. Course, to be like, well, with family events and like all this stuff, it was like, okay, that's that's really really hard. So after five years, I was like, I'm I'm looking to just have something separate, so we can have back to this relationship of like brother relationship, family, and then I can have work be separate right okay. that'd be a really good idea to have family and work <laughs> <be> separate <laughs> so She's i nodding up, along
0: like uh huh
3: uh-huh. yeah, so i ended up leaving and then i was like in the state where i was like i got to figure out what i'm going to do i wanted to do something similar to this marketing stuff online then i realized like no i don't i love being involved in brands and creating brands and building them in just some way operationally or whatever and she's like, was patient, but was also like, okay, can you like hurry up and like figure out your life real quick? Cause we got to like pay bills and everything. And so she's like, I will take on more design work. We had a three month old baby at this point, And she's like, I will do what I can to help cover our costs. And then she tried to lure me into um, helping. And I was resistant at first. And she's like, look, just help me with some of these invoices. I'm, I'm doing a lot of work. It, we actually have so much work that I can't keep up with all the operational aspects. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll help with that. And I sat down and I, I looked at her desktop, which is where she saved all her files. Um, and there was like 3000 files on there. And so I just start, got into it and started helping her process everything and just set things up in a more efficient manner of like, how are we going to do this? And it was like, really clicked pretty quickly that okay this is like really where I feel comfortable I really feel comfortable on this operational side and it would give her more time to do design and and really support her to do more of what she really enjoys doing but it still took me like three or four more weeks to like finally it was months three or four more months what
4: I said almost a year yeah 16 years later I got (laughs) them I was like
2: weeks no I mean
4: we were we probably had we had a year of not really being fully committed kind of working behind the scenes and before we realized like or he realized I knew we were a good fit but but that we should work together and no, even at the beginning when he did say, let's do this, it was like, well, let's change the name. It was Shea McGee design before. So they changed it to Studio McGee. So okay. it was more representative of the both of us. But even then, I think in the early days, it was it was hard because I think he felt like he was stepping into my thing. He was stepping into my territory.
3: it was literally Shea McGee it was your thing. I was <laughs> right. Thinking,
4: okay. And I, I <laughs> it just took us Very some time. Subtly and-
0: was your thing. Yeah. Subtly yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh Yeah, I mean, you were in a way, but I was excited to have a partner to not feel so lonely and figuring everything out. Uh, But
3: then it was fun because your thing became our thing. mm -hmm. And then we really committed and decided to sell our home and put everything we could into the business and relocate. And then we just didn't really look back. I mean, I think we just had to keep looking forward forward and not get too caught up in being like, oh, we're doing so great. It was just like, what's the next stage? What's the next step? What's the next goal?
0: And now you have how many designers working? I mean, well, now it's literally 11,000 steps later, right? Like now it's like, you're Mm -hmm. in target, you're everywhere, you're celebrity. But what was that next big expansive move from the two of you with your invoices cluttered on your desktop, that would totally be me to having like, to other people doing design also? Like when did, was that Sid's idea that like you should start to make this a brand and other people would also be hired out and how did that all happen?
4: Yeah, Sid was always talking about scale like and just design isn't scalable but we've got to at least try to scale you. So we originally thought that we would be starting a product brand that we Mm -hmm. would use Sid's experience with affiliate marketing that we would start an e-commerce brand very early on and that design would accompany that, but not be the whole um, part of the business. But we ran into some huge roadblocks early on um, in the industry Mm -hmm. uh, where people didn't want us to sell their products. And so we had to pivot completely because we had just sold our house and moved to a new place thinking that we were going to start a completely different type of business. And then we realized that, well, I guess we're going to dive all in on the design business. And so we really, within a couple of weeks, we hired our first designer. And then a couple of weeks late, you know, a month later, we hired the next and just said yes to everything. And that was a really hard time saying yes to everything. It'll kill you. (laughs) But it was, it was also the thing that it put us on the map because we just were putting out so much content. It was just Unbelievable how many projects we were doing, and at a certain point, a couple of years into it, we had built this following and we had built our name in the design industry. So it was finally time to launch a product brand, which was much more scalable. So even now, our design business, even though it's not what we're known for on the show um, and things like that, it's a really small part of our business. Whereas the e-commerce business is the larger side of the business.
0: Well, what you guys sell is. It's I don't know how you did it. It's what everybody wants. Like every light, every sconce is like, that's the one. Of course, that's the one. Like, I don't know how you did that so well. But it's so beautiful. And it's so you it's got your imprint all over it. And it's gorgeous. This
1: conversation has been so good. But before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsor. Whenever I'm feeling stuck or I'm just not feeling good, I feel like it's so helpful to talk it out. That's why I love BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment and start communicating in under 48 hours all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. It's super convenient, plus it's more affordable than traditional online counseling. They even offer financial aid in case you need it. Better Help is available for clients worldwide and offers a broad range of expertise like depression, anxiety, stress, trauma, relationships, anger, grief, Anything you share is totally confidential and you're going to get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and send a message to your counselor anytime. I've been in therapy off and on since I'm about 15 and I've always found that it's been helpful. So, I love that BetterHelp is making therapy accessible for everyone, especially considering what we've all been going through the last year and a half. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at slash dream job. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's slash dream job for 10% off your first month. Thanks, BetterHelp.
0: It's really huge that you left, you know, you said it in like four seconds. You know, we sold everything. Mm-hmm. It's a really big deal to do that. (laughs) It's
4: a big deal. (laughs) It's a big deal. I mean, I think that if we always say like, if our kids tell us that they're going to sell everything to start a business, like, I don't know if I will have the confidence in them that that's the right move. But for us, I think that we had struggled for a year to pay our bills. We knew to live in Orange County, there was a really high bar of just Mm -hmm. like making it. Sure. So if we moved somewhere less expensive and we used the money that we had put into the home, that that would give us the runway. And man, that was not it. an easy decision, but I think we needed we needed like a grand gesture, I think, to like give ourselves the signal that we were both all in. And yep. somewhat
3: of that space. I mean, I think we made the logical decisions yeah. and then try to just pull ourselves along emotionally. Yep. But I think we also needed a space from like where we lived and for us personally to just be like, okay, like that's where I pretty much grew up. That's where we had been living since we got married. That's where all my, I knew all the friends, like I knew all that. stuff. So I just needed like a different environment that I felt like would help us to like ultimately focus, like so like focus so hard on building this. um, And knew that it was going to kind of take all of our focus and strength and time and not be like distracted with like, I want to go surf and we have friends and yep. what they expect us to be doing and what the usual is. It's like, uh, yeah, we're we're going to sell it. We're going to go to Utah where Shay's parents had recently retired. Maybe they can help us, but we're just going to focus and put everything we have into this thing and see if we can make it work. And, and that's what we did. I mean, I, it's funny because I look back and- Could we do it
4: again? I don't know. know, But at the time, it was the right decision.
3: And even just like we lived by resorts and stuff. It's been snowing for the last four or five days. And I'm like, oh, I want to go out and ski and stuff. And we used to live right by all the ski resorts. We used to live by a bunch of mountain biking trails. And I'm like, I never even thought of or touched those. Like we went to work and then we worked until the evening, came home, we had dinner. And then we worked again until midnight. And then that was our day.
0: It's amazing because there's something that's so consistent. Howard Schultz has been on this show and we've had Ray Dalio on this show. And I mean, these are billionaires. There's one part of everybody's story where they burn the boats, they take the island. And I remember Ian Patton saying that to me, he created Spiritual Gangster. And he's <laughs> like, I walked completely through until the gates behind me closed and I could not go back. And here's the move. It's, I'm not trying to do it. I'm not trying to start a podcast. I'm not trying to start an Instagram follow. I am doing this. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a vibrational match in the universe for that kind of a Mm -hmm. choice. And so I wanted to talk about that for a second, because so often people are always asking me and our guests, like, what's the strategy? What do you do? What's the hashtag? What do you do? What's the Mm -hmm. funnel? What do you do? And often I say, a really good question is, who are you being who are you being, right? There's so much that's like not even in the doing. And I wanted to ask you if there were moments that you could think of where you stepped into it. You just stepped all in and the synchronicity was like, I can't believe then this call came or this thing came. And it was more from a vibrational match rather than like, I sat down and made this PDF so perfect. And that's what actually got me the next opportunity.
4: Which I think- for me, at least the way I, I see that. And I love what you said about burning the boats and just, you just kind of keep going. And I think that for us, that's been the key is that you don't have a plan B. There's no real exit strategy. You just, you keep going. And when we got turned down for an HGTV show in our first, you know, year of business. I didn't even know that. Oh my God. I love we, hearing that. We didn't say, well, that's it. <laughs> it was like, well, fine, we're going to start a YouTube channel. And you know what? That YouTube channel ended up being one of the greatest things that we've ever decided to do. And I think that we've had had a lot of people turn us down and doubt us and things go wrong. We saved and put a hundred thousand dollars into a website to start McGee and Co that completely failed, completely failed. And then we had to rebuild it, take the whole thing offline, rebuild it, put it on Shopify. Like we weren't paying ourselves at the time. So that was devastating. But I think that the synchronicity that you're talking about has come from seeing these really big opportunities come from really bad moments in our journey.
0: And I think it's so true. Like I have this book on my desk by Seth Godin, it's called the dip and his publishers like this is dumb. It's seventy-five pages. We're not putting it out, and it's like one of his most popular books. It's a and really it's good all, book. It's really good, and he'll always say, "It's all about the dip. Like the dip is what you want. That's the moment when you grow the muscle. Like, and that's where everyone's out, right? And the, on the, the other side of the dip, that's where scarcity lies. And what you just said about how like we looked at the failure as an opportunity." It's so important. I, we are just not in a culture right now where people are where we're just so thin skinned. It's like something goes wrong. Forget it. That's all the evidence I need that I will never be. If anybody, how do we fail forward? How did you do that? How did you pick yourself up in those moments and be like this totally failed and what's our next move tomorrow?
3: I think we have like the McGee stages of grief, like that we go through. Like we like, (laughs) we like, we get really excited about something like we're going to do product and we go to like these big markets and we talk to lots of people and they tell us no way. (laughs) We're not going to let you sell our stuff on the internet because we're afraid of the internet and we have no idea who you guys are. And then we like go back to our hotel room and then we're like, that was really sad day and then we get mad but then we like go get a burger or something I definitely do and then she'll steal a couple fries then we come back the next morning and we say you know what we're gonna show those guys that we're gonna do this and then we get mad and then we go and we're like we're gonna establish ourselves as a really strong design firm and grow our social so that they can't deny us they know who we are and they like will be wanting to work with us. So then we spent, you know, two years doing that. And then we looked for opportunities. And then we came back and it was a couple of years later, we came back and we found two people that would take us on, right? We we targeted one that was really exclusive and was really hard and didn't really allow many accounts to open with them to sell their stuff online at all. Um, I think at the time they had like four people. So we targeted them and they gave us the thumbs up to sell their stuff. And with that, we were able to leverage them letting us sell their stuff to get two or three other people, then four, then five and six people. So, I mean, that's just one example. But so many times we've wanted to do something and we are so excited about it and it blows up. I so yeah.
4: and I just have like a prove them wrong kind of. A retaliation to failure. And I think so, so earlier, I mean, a lot of these stories are early in our business, but even just this past year when COVID hit, I think we expected to take a really big hit. And then everyone started focusing on home and we all of a sudden saw this uptick in sales. And not only did we see an uptick in sales, but we had supply chain issues because everyone has having supply right, chain right. issues. And the amount of customer service inquiries and problems, straight up customer service like issues. It was, issues. It was we were overwhelmed We and we couldn't hire fast enough because, you know, you have so many people in the queue waiting, you hire them, you tra- you have to find them, train them, add them to the team and it's get like them I'm integrated. Hot. We put, we were like a month and it was um, a really hard time, but we used this as an experience that was a not good experience. <laughs> and we said, okay, well, what are we going to do? to make it so that this, we're prepared and we're not going to let this kind of thing happen again. um, What are we going to do to button up our customer experience for, because we really want to provide a good experience. Um, And so instead of being like, well, it's just, it's COVID. Like any using that as an excuse, I think we use that as an
0: opportunity to make some changes. So good. And I love what you were just saying earlier about, you know, you have this sort of like, we're almost going to retaliate and like prove you wrong. But what I love about it that I want to highlight with a big old marker here for everyone listening is you make your own magic. You keep saying this, like whatever I ask you, it always comes back to like, so we built a YouTube channel. So we built the Instagram. So I started designing. So we hired someone else. So we, we burned the boats. We took the Island, not. So we waited for someone to choose us. So we waited for somebody's like, or, no, like you just go and do it. And I want people to hear this because so many people are waiting. They're yeah. waiting for someone to recognize that they're singing in the back of the church and Clive Davis better walk in. And it's like, you don't need to do that into this day and age. What would you say to someone if they want to build a business, if they want to build a design business, if they want to build any business, if they want to build an Instagram, if they want to get on TV, any dream. What would you say to them about what is possible for them to start making happen now? Those opportunities will
4: come if you're not focused on them. I think that if you are continuing to build and progress and whatever it is that you're working on, eventually that person will find you. Eventually you'll make a connection that ends up changing the course of your career, but you can't be searching for it. I think if you're just like waiting and searching, it will, it just doesn't happen. I don't know why the universe is that way, but I think that if you're just focused on building and building, not with the help of other Outside help, then I think that then eventually those opportunities—it could be years—but those opportunities will. Yeah,
3: you get to hone your craft, and you have to be be so good they can't ignore you, right? Like that was a big thing that we was like a kind of a motto that we told ourselves over and over. Was like we just got to be so good, like they can't ignore us. And I think that's then led to those opportunities that Shay talked about. I mean, we we became so good in the design industry that like they. Couldn't ignore our request to work with them on the product side, or we just want to continue to always strive to be so good that it's, it's really hard for people to ignore us. And I think you have to know no one's coming to save you. Like you have to do it yourself. You have to look out for yourself and take care of yourself and put yourself out there and share that journey. I mean, I think that was cool, but we're not able to do that anymore. We can't share a down in the dirty starting from scratch story again. But like whoever's out there that hasn't done that yet, that's super cool. You can say like, okay, like day one, I'm gonna like try to build a site today or something. Bring people along on that journey. And I think people will be like, oh, this is really cool. I'm gonna like watch this and see how it develops, you know?
0: Yeah, and what, it's so good what you're saying. And, and what kind of strikes me is that people, while they have all of this like humility and imposter syndrome, there's also some arrogance around like, if I don't get the ROI right away, if somebody doesn't choose me right away or Netflix doesn't call me tomorrow, like I'm not doing it. Whereas with you guys, it's a calling. It's like, I am doing this period. So whether you partner with me today or in 15 years or never, I'll be doing it anyway. So I'm going to go do it. And I think that that's what you're saying. Like you're not focused on it. And that's why, of course it comes around and, and meets you. Cause you're just busy putting your head down and doing it. Do you feel that way? Like, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you feel on some level, like this was a calling? Like there's some mission, God feeling of like called stepping into purpose. I do. And I know it sounds so woo woo,
4: <laughs> but Sid and I prayed very fervently leading up until the decision to move. And we felt like that was a calling. And at the time there was fear, but there wasn't a lot because I felt, I I think we felt very confident that we were doing what we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that way, when you feel called to do something, the obstacles just feel like obstacles instead of like a sign that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love... The change that we've seen as we are following has grown. That's been really cool is we've gone from influencing people in the design space, which we still do, but I love that we've been able to inspire people to chase after their dreams, Mm -hmm. um, to pursue their business ideas and not give up. Perhaps they've thought about working with their spouse, whatever it may be. I'm so grateful that there's like an additional component. And I think that that we've both feel further called to do what we're doing as we see
0: that totally my friend Jamie Kern Lima you said God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called and mm, yeah I can feel it when I'm sitting with someone and there's some relationship with the creator of the universe like you you just the path is blessed and you think about any movie you've ever seen, whether it's Rocky or Moana. I have daughters. I know you have daughters. So you've probably seen it 19 times. No, oh, yep. Oh yeah. Right. And like, she goes into the water and it spits her out and she goes back in the water. Like, just cause it's a calling more to the point that you're going to have to keep meeting yourself, meeting your resistance. And it's like, how much do you want to step into your greatness? Like you can be mediocre, go ahead. Or you can step in. And so what you're doing is massive, like it's massive to have very few people have ever or will ever step in. And this is what I was going to ask you, especially being a person of faith. And a lot of our audience is, I think that there's a a worry that being too big, having TV, having big Instagram, follow, all of that, whatever, and money and all of it, you're going to like lose your integrity. You're going to lose your family and it's too much of a cost. And so that's not what I tend to see though. When I interview really successful people, I actually find a lot of people are grounded and I'm curious what you felt about that and what it's actually been like vis-a-vis your faith, your family, all the most important values that you have. Has any of that been wrestled with because you've had more or are you finding that you can expand and have a capacity to have more and still be centered? I mean, I think,
4: well, maybe you can speak to this as well, but I feel my concern happens with my children because we've lived where I had to put groceries back because I couldn't afford them. We've also lived where we could build the house that we're sitting in right now. And I'm so grateful for but I think that our we are so nervous about our kids, just making sure that they understand that this is not like not having to worry about the tab at the grocery store is like a really big blessing. And so I think that our love for our children kind of keeps us like constantly like trying to like pull back so that we can set an example that money isn't everything, but one of the greatest things about building a business is that you have the opportunity to help people provide for their own families, and I think that totally, that has been totally like the coolest. That's, That's probably my favorite. My thing. favorite. I I love when we see our employees like buy their home, first homes, or they're buying, you know, buying a home. And during it's, COVID, it's awesome. Yeah, that responsibility is heavy though, and so I think that our faith comes into play. Like, please. Please help us continue to grow this so that we can continue to allow these opportunities to continue
0: for our team members. Yeah. It's so beautiful. What is it like speaking of your kids? It's a lot to have cameras in your house. Like there you are having like a normal moment and there's a camera. Was that disruptive? Was it fun? Did you kind of find a balance with it? How was that for you guys?
3: Yeah, we found a balance with it. Our kids think it's like a blast. And yeah. It's really fun. Good. But we yeah. were really selective and we were very protective of their time and kind of their exposure. And so we were just like I mean, they had a they had a very limited time window that they could have our kids involved, you know. And other than that, we just wanted our kids to be, you know, just more normal and just live that life. What our kids
4: think Netflix
3: is like YouTube. Like they don't
4: understand the difference they think that there's more camera people involved (laughs) than what we do for our channel and I like to keep it that way as long as I possibly can but we were like no one's missing lessons and no one's missing school so if you can fit it in between those hours then like let's go you got two hours or you got an hour before school to film breakfast but that was probably the thing that we like really put our foot down with was just like these are the boundaries and our kids whether that's, it's, I don't know what to think about it. It was very natural for them to be out there.
0: And Sid, I wanted to ask you, cause I've seen every episode. In fact, I'm always like hoping that somehow there's like six I haven't seen. Cause I love <laughs> it so much. I went through fertility treatment with all my kids. Over the years, my youngest is four. So this is before you guys were on TV and in the doctor's office, all they showed was property brothers. And so Mm -hmm. I just, it was like the best thing to get your mind off of like IVF cycles that fail and it's just clean, good, fun. And I'm obsessed. And now I'm like, love you guys so much. I wanted to ask what it's like for you, Sid, because there's so many moments where you guys sit on that couch and she just talks and talks and talks and you're just like, "Mm -hmm." and then she's like, did you just check your phone? You're like, nope. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Like sitting here for an hour. How is that for you? Like, she's clearly the show. And then you get to be like silly and funny, like trying to create the gardening in the men that didn't work with the sprinklers. Like, I've seen every episode. You're adorable. But like, she's talking again. She's talking again. Like, how does that not bother you?
3: I I just love our dynamic. I love that role because I'm like, that's fine. New talk. I'll chill. Like, that's perfect. me. Okay. Let's just Got hit it. donuts afterwards, you know? I know you um, love those
0: sweets. It's so funny. You're so thin. And he, she's like, there he is again. I'm like, how does he consume it? Where does it go?
3: But I just like, I don't know. I think that at times when it's like, it's my time to take care of things, like I'm working on kind of things that are like more boring and not as, not as attractive to show and share on TV. And so right. I think you're just I I love watching Shay and I love watching the brand grow. And I think it's really fun. All the things that we do from like a brand dynamic, that's Shay and her element. I feel like she's, she's special. I mean, she's special to me. And I think that she's like special as a creative. And so just seeing her, Kind of glow when she talks about it, and just be excited about the design and the products and the things that are coming. I mean, like she's still like, "Hey, come in, come here, come check out this new stuff that we're doing uh, with Target. Like, it's gonna be really cool." And I'm like, "Yeah, heck yeah, I'm like, let's see it." So I just love that—that's her, and, and I'm cool with that. I'm not like—it's not like I'm trying to suppress feelings of like, "Look at me more." You know, I think we learned early like, on. Like, you know, we would sit on that
4: couch for like eight hours. It I was can only imagine. ten, you know, it was so long. And the producers would just, like, ask me question after question after question. And then they would just look at Sid and be like, so do you have a joke? You know, like, and then they turn it back to me to just keep asking, answer these questions. And so we learned pretty early on, like, Sid's there to, like, keep me relaxed and have a good time. Let's Let's just have a good time. And so I think I'm really proud of you, like, that you just embrace that you weren't afraid to be like silly on camera and um, he's
0: adorable and yeah, I love when sometimes you're like oh my god like it's so <laughs> you said that you <laughs> because well, after like
3: eight hours you're like it's like interrogation and they broke you down and then you slip and you say something and they're like perfect we're putting that one on you know you Mark so that. Much, right and you're like oh my right. gosh
0: but yeah. let me ask you this because You said before, working with your brother was not easy. How on earth are you making this work? You're spending TV time together, the business together, you're parenting together. You're also in Utah where like, he doesn't have his guys to go off and like get a beer with. How do you do this and not argue or argue in a healthy, constructive way when you do?
3: I think we kind of just stumbled our way to finding out that like Shay had said. I mean, I think at first it was really hard because it was like, what are the dynamics and the responsibility of like who takes care of what and i think at times we would get like our wires crossed of trying our best and having the best intentions for the business but really getting frustrated because she was trying to do stuff that i was thought i was taking care of or i would try to say too much over her and i think we we just like clearly established like you know, take care of these things and I'll take care of these. And then that will really help the business to grow and flourish. But I think over the years we started really like, okay, we have to work on our business, but we have to work on our relationship too. So what are those things? Like, it's like, it's like date nights. It's like paying attention. It's, it's showing that we're being thoughtful and we're still, you know, showing a romantic interest in each other. And we have to constantly do that because with work and with kids, like it can be all of a sudden like two months flies by and you're like, Oh my gosh, like we haven't gone on a date or I haven't gotten any flowers or card or anything like to showing like I'm thinking of you. And I think that that was something that we had to make sure that we focused on. And so now I believe that we're at a state where we like, we do date nights. We enjoy those moments together. Um, I think that we also have our clear division of responsibilities and we're at home working, but I'll be working on operational aspects. What's the growth of the company look like? What are any of the legal implications of things, putting contracts together? And then Shay's working on design and driving the design of the product forward. And that, that really allows us to be in something together, but not like, oh my gosh, like we are on top of each other. We are interacting and we are like having to just be patient and nice to each other all day.
4: It works you know? really well because we don't have the same skill set. If we were both trying to be the designers, I don't. Right, 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 right. I mean, I think we could maybe, we can, I'm sure we can figure out how to make it work, but it sounds a lot harder. I think that we, our day, even though now our whole office for the most part is working from home these days, like Sid and I don't actually work together for 75% of the day. And then at right. the end of the day, it's like, Oh, hey, what were you up to? Or we happen to be in a meeting together, but that's very rare. And that's what works for us is that we have complete trust in each other to, I think that if we didn't have the trust or confidence in one another to like run with their role, then that's when we would have, you know, a lot of issues. And I think we had the same goals and vision, but. It was not always that way. Like it, I I think that probably took us four or five years to kind of get to a point where we were like feeling like we were really in a good spot when it comes to work and our relationship
3: and how that all works. But now we also put a like high importance on like giving each other alone time. So she's like, I'm going to get my nails. I'm like, okay, you go right now. There is no
4: like, like, we don't, he he has his buddies that he like, you know, skis, skates, bikes with. And like, if he's gone for four hours, I think that that's a wonderful thing because we need alone time to like have
0: our hobbies. Yep. And this is really important because I think there's a whole new American dream now. I think first of all, with COVID, I don't think there's going back. So a lot of people are going to be working from home. Mm -hmm. And I think when women used to have to make a choice between having a career and being a mom, they don't. Now you see women who make all this money. And they're like, why do I need this guy? If he's not that nice to me, I make way more money than he does. I can do it from home, also be a parent. And I went through that. I'm still married, but my husband was a vice president of Fox Sports. We lived in LA, just like you, well, you live nearby. Mm-hmm. And uh, this podcast takes off. Next thing I know, it's making millions of dollars. I'm able to write books from home, still be the mom. And it's like, then his company gets bought by Disney and he's just like hanging out. And I'm like, um, okay, like, what are you <laughs> doing, hanging out today? He's like, well, you know, and he's like, retired, he doesn't even do anything, you know? And it's just like, and we've had to figure that out. And what I love about you, Shay you do it really, really well. It's just who you are. You can tell that like, you have moments where you are this like firecracker, like you walk in the room, you're like, okay, here's here's." What we're and it's so fun to watch you do that. Then you're also like so good at being his girlfriend. Like you're so good at just being like cute. And like, I love that you made me laugh or yeah, I needed you right now. Cause I was scared or I was, like, you can tell that you're able to be both of those parts of the feminine, like feminine means being strong. And it also means being soft and like knowing how to receive. And that's why what you're doing is so much bigger than designing homes because this is literally what we're walking into now. And there's no model for this. There's no model where the woman's like a boss and she makes room for her husband. And then he finds a place like he needs a place, like, and he needs to be able to provide you with something. And you guys are, I just think you do that part really well. And what do you think about that? Like, what model did you have for that?
4: I don't have a model for that. My mother was a stay at home mom. My dad was an FBI agent growing up. Um, oh my God, that's so, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what he was doing at work, you know? And so we had a very like traditional setup at home. And, I didn't see this dynamic coming, but I think that everyone wants to feel empowered and like that they're producing and whether that, and I guess I, I just don't look at it like this is my thing. And then he's part of it. It's like, this is our thing. And if you feel like, what do you need to feel fulfilled? Like, what are you going to go after? And I need a creative outlet. That's me and Sid needs to build something that is him. And so uh, I think that us identifying like our needs, like our just like basic needs to like, what makes us feel like we're productive human beings. That's what keeps us supporting each other.
3: And I think it's really important to check in with each other. Yeah. You know, because needs change, situations change. And I think that like what works now might not work in two years. Like I had a
4: break recently where I was just like, we're having a third baby and I can't handle, like we've grown so many things in different aspects of our business. Like I can't take on as many clients. I just can't. As much as I love design work, I can't do it to the scale that we were doing it. So I'm just telling you right now, we got to figure something else out to like scale it down a bit so that I can like focus on some of these areas of our business yeah. and also our family. And that when we speak up, the other person has got to listen because that is everything. If Sid ignored that, then I think that that's when like resentment would start to build. And I think that then all of a sudden you get puffed up. <laughs> um, and so whenever he has those moments, like I need to hire a president of a company It wasn't just like CEO relationship with doing everything. He told me he needed that. And I was like, let's do it. If that means we have to sacrifice something fine. Like if you need that, we're going to do it. And I think just learning, but that's something you have to practice. You have to practice speaking up and you have to practice listening.
0: I'm so happy you said that. I think it's really important because we don't always see a model that like love means I love you. I want to know what you need. And I also have to be able to say, this is what's going to work for me. Not in an ultimatum way, but like, in a this is just what's so, this is just what's true. And if you can't do that, of course you wind up leaving the person because you can't be yourself with the person. But I think what's beautiful about the two of you, and you just both keep doing it so well, is you say what you need, and then you somehow make space for the person to like, thrive and it's so clear now that we've had this conversation this business is the two of you like every step that's like led to that next level was from both of you being all in and the two of you coming up with these ideas and it's awesome so tell us where we can follow and buy things and be around you and watch your show and all those things
4: yeah, follow and buy our, all of our things. Um, so you can find yes, us please. on Instagram at Studio McGee and also at McGee and Co. So McGee and Co. is our shop. So McGeeandCo. dot where we sell our furniture and um, accessories. We also have a YouTube channel where we have, of course, you do design you web episodes and. Just this last year, when my dreams come true, we launched a line at Target. So you can also find us at Target in stores and online.
0: What's your favorite item? Both of you, what's your favorite item that you sell?
4: Um, One of my favorite items is this curved couch that um, that we sell because it was a risk for us. It was kind of breaking the molds from a basic sofa we put a velvet on it that was a color that wasn't being put on every sofa and then it ended up becoming a top seller for us and I think that for me it's like a symbol that like if you take risks and you pay attention to the details it'll pay off
3: I think my favorites she always smells good and she has like (laughs) the candles candles. (laughs) and they were so good Good. this year like they're just yeah, it always smells amazing. I'm going to so literally gonna go, go buy
0: that couch and I'm not joking. <laughs> I just got rid of one of my couches. I'm going to go buy the candles and the couch and I'll take a picture on my Instagram. Not joking. <laughs> oh,
2: you're Guys, amazing.
0: you're the cutest humans and I just want to say thank you because you don't have to be this nice. You're famous and and when people are famous, <clears throat> they cannot care about people and people will still love them and you're so much even more lovable in person than you already are on TV and I I just was so at ease. You made me feel so at ease because you're at ease. So thank you. This is the best. Thank you so much.
3: That was great.
0: How much fun was that? Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one,
1: just go for it. Number two, confidence is built one step at a time. File every experience away and learn from them. Number three, give, 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 give your knowledge and time. Give what you learn. Eventually it all comes full circle. Number four, you have a magic sauce that can't be replicated. Number five, opportunities often come when you're not searching for them. Number six, no one's coming to save you. You have to look out for yourself, put yourself out there, and take people on the journey. And number seven, practice speaking up and practice listening. So I don't know if you know this, but we've been recording all of these episodes, not only audio, but also on Zoom. So you could watch these episodes on YouTube so if you like this episode, you'll be able to watch that. Or if you liked any of the prior episodes, especially over the last like year, we have them all on video. So if you heard and Bialik's episode on Monday and you're like, I want to watch that conversation. It was actually pretty fun. And some of you might actually enjoy watching it. So you can head over to the Kathy Heller YouTube channel. We'll put the links in the show notes. And if you ever want to just see all the links, like. You want to hear the audio. You want to see the video. If you go to kathyheller.com slash new episode, you'll see whatever the new episode of the podcast is. Plus you'll be able to watch it if you want to watch it. Okay. Now we're going to celebrate some of the alumni from made to do this. So Jayetzi said, I'm launching a monthly membership for stressed out entrepreneurs who can't think of what to write in emails to their list or on social media posts. Maybe it's a lack of ideas. Maybe it's how to sell your offer or product without seeming salesy. Maybe you just don't think your content is strong enough. I can help with that. Enter million-dollar emails, five writing prompts a month that will take all the hassle and sleepless nights out of the equation and give you prompts to write your own content unique to you, no templates here, and transition seamlessly to making your offer. I know how many people struggle with this, and I am excited to be able to help people de-stress, provide inspiration and know-how, and help biz owners show up like the bosses they are. Jayati, this is amazing. I can't believe how far you've come from last year. You have just been on this upward trajectory one awesome step at a time. It just lights me up to hear this and I'm so excited for you to step into this new role. You can all go give Jayati some love. Her Instagram is at J-A-Y-A-T-I-V-O-R-A. All right. The next win. So Maria said, I finished my monthly newsletter, increased my reach and increased my income. Just received payment for a speaking gig and asked to speak and teach at a women's empowerment gathering in May. Thinking of you all as I look up to the new possibilities and moving forward with grace and intention. Maria, yes. This is so awesome. I love that you're raising your hand and making yourself available to the opportunities around you. This is just the beginning and I can't wait to hear what else is ahead. For all of you listening, you can go check out what Maria is doing on her website, com. All right, now I want to announce today's giveaway winner. We've been doing giveaways on every Monday and Thursday episode. If you want a chance to win some adorable swag, like a hoodie or a mug, just leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or just go live on your Instagram stories and talk about the podcast and tag me at kathy.heller. Today's winner is FAMOBR, and they wrote, so open and valuable. Kathy is so open with her thoughts, not just about quitting your day job, but about spirituality, entrepreneurship, being a mom, being a friend, and just about life in general. She's inspiring and authentic. And this podcast is a go-to for me on a daily basis. Oh my gosh. That means so much to me. Thank you so much for your reviews. You guys, the reviews, you have no idea. Leaving reviews helps so much for other people to find the show. So thank you for taking the time to leave a review and thank you for taking the time to be here. You are busy. You have a million things going on and you're here and it means the world to me because what's more valuable than your time? Nothing. If you want to hear more amazing episodes, because I can't wait for you to know who's coming on the show so soon. So many cool people. Just go ahead and make sure you subscribe because it's free to subscribe and tell people about this show if it's inspiring you. So do you know anyone who loves Sid and Jay McGee? If so, text them the link. Do you know somebody who'd be inspired by the story of how they started this and they went ahead and they said, let's be so good. They can't ignore us. Even after they were rejected from HGTV, they kept doing their own thing. And sure enough, they built something so good on their own. And here they are. If you can think of someone who'd be inspired by the story, please text them the link or post about this in your Instagram and tag me at Kathy.Heller and then tag them at Studio McGee and at McGee & Co. because they're going to love to see that you guys are different than any podcast audience out there, that we are so committed and engaged and were so supportive. And I want them to hear how you felt about the episode. So if it really touched you, then I want you to take a screenshot or talk about it in your stories and tag me at kathy.heller and I'll repost a bunch and you can tag them as well at Studio McGee. I love you guys so much. I'm going to leave you with a song and I'll talk to you tomorrow.